Hello and welcome to Popcorn. It's your stop for all things pop here on Radio Katipunan. And of course, we're also on Spotify and iTunes and all places you can listen to podcasts such as Stitcher. This week, we have a Glee 10th year anniversary retrospective. It's a super, super, super like unique topic because this show has been off the air for like super long maybe like three years four years but you know it's the 10th anniversary of the show was celebrated a month ago so i was i was like might as well but anyway i'm gonna introduce you to our co-hosts for today we have angela who's returning from the game of thrones episode we have enrico he was my friend from high school and fellow gleek (laughs) and we have ian a fellow gleek again from the olden glee olden, days olden days <laughs> so what have you guys been up to lately do i start yeah okay. go ahead um so <laughs> i guess in terms of pop culture um i'm leaning more into movies now mm-hmm. because i have more time for movies and shows i feel like it's it's so different from college or high school wherein i had time for yeah. long format stuff but then now we have like two hours and then have to cut that with podcasts and then books and then also music so there's just so much pop yeah, culture so much pop which culture. we will all discuss in yes. every episode of popcorn <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah i uh, mean angela kamustaka after our supersized oh, game of thrones episode that was super intense that was so intense and we ended so late um i think i napped for four hours and then i woke up in the middle of the night when i wasn't supposed to nap so like my laptop was still in front of me um, all of my Game of Thrones points were still in front of me. And um, post, I guess, post-finale, I was hurt. Um, <laughs> and I just had to take a while to recover. But mostly just work um, and lots of film also. I but, heard when in Manila's like <laughs> hiring a super interesting position right now. Yes, um, if you are interested, <laughs> if you like playing games, when in Manila is hiring a full-time gamer, it is a paid position. Um, you will be paid to play video games if you if you enjoy paid that. Paid to do non-adult things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you like that, go ahead. We'd like to meet you and everything. Yeah. And Enrico's here for a very special reason. I'm held here against my will. <laughs> no joke. Yes, Pop culture-wise, I really like. I'm really into YouTube right now. I'm super into the beauty drama James Charles. Uh, we talked guilty. about that oh on gosh, last yeah. week's episode. James Charles is guilty. Yeah. Thank I, you. I agree. <laughs> okay, so I guess that's our short banter for just to break the ice because this is a. Kind of a weird mashup of people I know from different places, but it's going to be fun, a Glee discussion. And of course, we can't miss our weekly segment called, now called Pop Kern. <laughs> it used to be called Yes or Pass, but it's still the same um, concept um, because it's kernels of news from pop culture. I decided to call it Pop Kern. Parang in the name of the show, which is yeah. Popcorn. Gets naman. Anyway. <laughs> <Boo>. <laughs> Anyway, so yon our pop culture kernels for the week and our reactions, is it a yes or a pass? So first off, coming off of our Drag Race episode last week, uh, we have a winner, baby. Yay. And we have Evie Oddly as America's Next Drag Superstar. It's a yes for me. It's a super yes. Yeah. Um, it's about time we have a different queen who won Drag Race. Mm-hmm. And I love Brooklyn Heights. We were talking about this last week. But it's, it's great that we have Evie as a representative of 
new drag and new queens and a new a different kind of person yeah definitely um i'm not a super big fan i think i watched the earlier seasons i didn't get to watch this one but it made my mom happy and i love my mom so <laughs> or, you know that's a yes for me <laughs> personally i'm not a big fan of the season but i'm happy ev won it's time that we got black sasha velour <laughs> instead of dancing katya <laughs> Uh, it's full disclosure. It's a pass for me, but only because I don't watch the show okay. and I have no knowledge. Mm. So, so you better watch Drag Race. Now. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was I was very surprised by the list because I don't know a lot from the <laughs> list, or at least only a few stuff. And, and this one is why it's a pass. Yeah, and that's why we're here to learn more about pop culture every week. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so next, we are saying goodbye to a dearly departed, dearly departed, oh, departed. app, now defunct iTunes. So after 18 years, <laughs> Apple has announced during the WWDC that iTunes app is closing down for reals. For reals. <laughs> and instead, they're relocating all the content that's found on iTunes to new apps such as Apple Music, I mean, that's reinventing the Apple iTunes yeah. to Apple Music, Into a stream um, Apple TV, and Apple Podcasts, so both of which already exist. But, um, yun, it's uh, sad news. So, yeah. I mean, I guess it's also a yes for me because it's about time. iTunes has been kind of like... Its function is <laughs> not really up to date with today's digital age. So, I guess it's about time... So yeah, it's a yes, but it's also sad at the same time. Yeah, um, definitely mm. agree. I think every time you open iTunes, it'll ask you to update it, and I'm <laughs> sort of tired yeah. of that. Um, and I guess I mean it sort of revolutionized the game in terms of music, um, where you could listen to it, and then it made the iPod instead of just Mac specific. It um, Windows users could use it now, especially with iTunes and everything. So for a long time, it was a big player, and then eventually it just became slow and everything. Yeah, yeah and I mean, like, definitely, you know, um, iTunes was really a groundbreaking app in 2003, yeah. <laughs> 18 years ago. No, that wasn't 2003, that was 2000. Um, but now, of course, it's apps, iba na yung time, iba na yung different generation. generation. So definitely, it's time to move on. It's a yes for me because literally, what year are we in? This isn't 2010. Nobody uses <laughs> iTunes anymore. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so from the first topic, I now go to a pass. Well, I mean, it's a pass for me uh, because I'm a, it's weird, but I'm a big fan of iTunes. Mm. Um, I think there's still a purpose to the app. Uh, especially if you're talking about underrated or underheard um, songs or albums that you can't really find elsewhere. Because uh, for like Spotify, all these apps, also like your record stores, there are always under undervalued records or albums. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I, iTunes has that capability to push you to discover new artists. But I think with um, the announcement that came, the advancements that they're doing with the music app, which will yeah. do the same yeah. purpose, will have the same purpose that is 
I think they're gonna tweak the music discovery and bring podcasts also to um, Mac OS, so they can listen to us on Mac OS now. Yeah. <laughs> I guess from a nostalgic viewpoint, it's mm-hmm. more of wanting the simpler days because iTunes, even if it's passe or even if people don't use it on, anymore, it's it represents my childhood. Yeah. It represents a simpler time when you can buy or download songs and then you can actually arrange them if you're into that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of me is kind of sad about it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. I think they, they they blew it out of proportion too. I think um, I read an article where they said they wanted to make it even um, a software for emails and everything. Oh. So it would really do everything, and I think that would be too much. So. I think now is a good time to exit. To say goodbye. Yeah. So, RIP iTunes. So, our next popcorn is the Blue's Clues and You trailer. So, Nickelodeon has released the trailer for the Blue's Clues reboot starring Filipino-American Joshua De La Cruz. So, the show originally ran from 1996 to 2006 featuring two hosts, Steve and Joe, which we all grew up with. Yeah. And now we have Josh, who's our kababayan. Yeah. Hashtag Pinoy <laughs> Pride. <laughs> so, ayun, um, they just released this trailer. And it's really cool. It's a yes for me. Because it's bringing Blue's Clues to a digital generation. I guess they're gonna probably reinvent how they find the clues. Maybe a smartphone na si Blue or something mm-hmm. like that. And the animation, for sure, has changed up. Medyo 3D na si Blue. So yun, it's a yes. I'm excited to see. I mean, it's weird that I'm gonna be watching a children's <laughs> show, but I'm just excited to see how they're gonna do it this time around with Blue's Clues and you. Yeah. Uh, I think it's also a yes for me, um, mainly because I grew up watching Blue's Clues, and I don't know if it's be- being political or something, but Steve and Joe were always the default. And mm-hmm. to see someone like Joshua uh, represent so many underserved people, not only in America, but also globally. And also when you like look at the Gen Z now, or at least the genetic or the makeup of what America looks like. They're very diverse. Gen Zers know that they have a, a lot of their friends or a lot of their pals are from, of different races, of mm-hmm. different backgrounds. So seeing it reflected on screen, um, on a cable network like Nickelodeon represents like big strides. And, and that's it's, important. Yeah, yeah that's especially important. at this political climate that yes. not just the Philippines is experiencing, but also Global. the world. Yeah. yeah, so we need things like this. Also, I don't know if it's a minor note, but blue and magenta still look like felt, even yeah. if it's 3D. Yeah. So I think that's very... Um, true to me like it's genuine yeah. that's nice let's keep let's keep kids confused <laughs> na babae pala si blue tapos <laughs> i was gonna bring that up <laughs> it's gonna be fun to watch it now as an adult knowing that blue's not a boy <laughs> like wow they're girl space friend <laughs> no, wait it's magenta no, boy yeah. or a girl tbh guys that's what we're really gonna find <laughs> with a remake What's magenta's gender? That's, That's one a of plot. The plot. She gen- yeah. Or she gender neutral. <laughs> Non-binary na si magenta. <laughs> I feel like that's 
I mean, just talking about it now, I realized that parang wow, that broke gender barriers. That <laughs> blue is a girl and magenta is not unknown. a girl or unknown. <laughs> and also, I like, think I think magenta is a guy though. Really? And also, like blue being actually being a girl is a plot twist, like a real plot twister. Yeah. I mean, in the sense, like you said, that it's a barrier, a, like it broke barriers, but it's also very interesting that they pulled that. I yeah. don't know if it's organic or if it was really planned from the beginning but mind blown <laughs> <laughs> yeah the exact thought yeah. i remember as a kid when when we found out that blue was a girl my brothers and i were like what what <laughs> when you think piglet is a girl also yeah, right? yeah. but like piglet has that voice so yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's a yes for me like i i think josh is very entertaining he's very mm. he looks very nice and like child friendly which is important um, so I hope he doesn't grow up to like do another rock band like Steve. <laughs> so like I hope he stays on and everything. It's it seems interesting. Um, I like how they modernized it a bit, but still kind of kept to the core, especially with um shovel and pale and Mister. Our favorite Mr. interracial couple yeah. who adopted a brown baby, yeah. salt and pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what they were trying to do, talaga. Even in they were integrated. the late nineteen uh, nineties, and part of the reason why we might be okay with that is because of salt and pepper. Yeah. I don't know. And their baby paprika. paprika. So that's interesting. Blue's Clues is coming out in November this year. So watch out for that. Pan Asian representation. <laughs> we stand hashtag Pinoy Pride. <laughs> so next is a very controversial pop kern. So JK Rowling is set to release four new Harry Potter ebooks. So inspired by Harry Potter, a history of magic. These will be four short stories with themes revolving around Hogwarts subjects. So namely, a journey through charms and defense against the dark arts, potions and herbology, divination and astronomy, and care of magical creatures. So I'm just going to read the spiel real quick. So it says, these books will be a chance to absorb the colorful characters and curious incidents of the real history of magic in a more compact form. Perfect for the train or whatever muggle transport you prefer. <laughs> Sorry, Philippines doesn't have nice trains. <laughs> and in addition to exploring the origins of magic through history and folklore, the ebook shorts will also feature notes, manuscript pages, and charming sketches as previously seen in Harry Potter, A History of Magic. So the first two books will be released on June 27 with the other two to follow. So... For me, it's a sax. I mean, I don't mind, but it really seems like J.K. Rowling is just like milking Harry Potter yeah. to yeah. its last, um, to its last drop of milk. Yeah. <laughs> it's like um beating a dead horse. I think at this point, like I remember when she finished the seventh book, she said she was done, <laughs> um, and then she wasn't done. So it's at this point. I'm kind of tired. Um, I'd, I'd still read them, I think, because um, I'm still curious. But with how Fantastic Beasts came out and didn't do so well and presented so many plot holes, not only in terms of the story, but also in terms of the um, internal logic of the magic mm -hmm. and of their magical governments and everything, um, I don't think it'll be as successful as, of course, the first seven books. But it's just like an e-book. Like, yeah, yeah. Like uh, appendix tang ganon. Yeah, so it's it sucks lang for me also. Yeah. It's a pass for me. I'm all for expanding the world yeah. that you created. I mean, 
they did it with Lord of the Rings with the Silmarillion. Yeah. But and then they did it in the movie version of The Hobbit. But then as Victoria Beckham with the Spice Girls, <laughs> know when it's done. <laughs> We're done, J.K. Rowling. We're done. Stop. Thank you. We're ap- we appreciate the childhood, but no more. <laughs> uh, I think it's a pass for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly because I always picture J.K. as that person who says, wait, wait, I'm not yet done. Yeah. Or, or like, also, <laughs> my mind is now filled with all the memes like J.K. Blank. Tweets blank is yeah. a blank. Oh, homosexual. Like, it's like you're doing a Mad Libs now. Yeah. That's what it feels like. And even if it's just an ebook, which, uh, how do you do, fellow kids? Um, <laughs> it still feels like it's not pandering, but it also feels like too much. Mm-hmm. Maybe know when to stop or find a new world. Because when you think about it, they kind of introduced, or she introduced, um, this new world to. A generation of kids and now they're ripe for the picking not just nostalgia but like new um, consumption but i feel like at this point jk rowling is just like using what she's most known for what she can do the best because she released a book the casual vacancy in 2009 and that didn't really like take off so i feel like if her career post Harry Potter took off, then it would have been. I mean, this wouldn't be the world we live in, the wizarding world we live in right I'm now. Not but sure yeah. if did she write the Fantastic Beasts uh, screenplay? Yeah, she did. Okay. Yeah, she did. She has that. So yeah, maybe it wasn't fantastic, but well, <laughs> it was the beast. Again. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's our signal to go to our next, um, next popcorn. Which is Miley Cyrus and her latest release, the sixth track, She Is Coming EP. So, f- um, this is the first of three new EPs coming out this year. Um, they will be called She Is Here and She Is Everything. And then I think the album will be called She Is Miley Cyrus. So, it's all like a mini universe of ep starting yeah. into an album which is yeah so the featured tracks in this album include mother's daughter catitude featuring rupaul and party up the street featuring mike will made it and sway lee so for me it's a sax um i listened to this album last friday this ep uh, for me mm-hmm. i mean it kind of reminded me of bangers which i super loved that album was really good you should get, you guys should listen to it, Is it but bangers and i yeah you, you can stream it you right now on all streaming platforms <laughs> but um this was that this felt kind of disjointed i mean miley's continuously trying to rediscover her music but this seems like parang hindi pa masyadong buo pero we might not know what this next two EPs and the full album will have, so we're gonna have to wait for that. Yeah, yeah. But I enjoyed. I mean, it was okay listening to them. Yeah, I agree. Um, I thought it was pretty disjointed. I didn't listen to all of it yet. Um, but I always support a bounce back. Um, no matter who it is. So with her on Black Mirror too. Um, I think it's exciting. It's exciting times for her, mm-hmm. and I think she's just getting into that creative process where she's excited about her work. Um, not just acting, but also music. So it's a it's a yes for me because. And Black Mirror just came out last night. Yeah, <laughs> so I still have to see it. Yeah. Exciting! I have yet to see it. Yes. Um, happy post holiday to everyone. <laughs> Enrico. 
It's a yes for me. I know, I'm a big Miley fan after her Bangers era where she... Re- I mean, a lot, she got a lot of flack for Bangers. But yeah. for me, that was her best era. It was so, so, good. so good. People were just like, like it's not Hannah Montana. Actually, I can agree with that. I hated her before. I didn't even hate her. Yeah. I didn't hate her before Bangers. I just wasn't a big fan. And then during Bangers, when she can actually re- when, I, when I realized she can actually convey real emotions, I was like, okay. And she wasn't the she was re- I literally wrote a paper on this for English in college. <laughs> I think I remember that we right? were classmates in that class. <laughs> she was really trying to break away from the Disney the good yeah. girl Disney yeah. persona. Even after Can't Be Tamed, that was yeah, like even, pushing it further. Can't Be Tamed was her like, oh look at me, I'm an adult now. Yeah. Bangers was like, fuck you, did. <laughs> Fuck you, Disney. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Leave me out. We're in a just versus building. <laughs> versus people like her, versus her peers like Selena, who tr- really tried keeping with a goody, goody, good girl act. And then Demi, who just used. Oh my god, I'm gonna sound super offensive. <laughs> Never mind. Versus Demi or Selena. She, she was the one who made the actual effort to break away from her Disney roots. And really present and her personality. Because yeah, that's her. Really is. So it's like, for me, this is a yes. I mean, I get it. She wanted to sample out multiple different genres in one EP. Okay, fine. It's an EP. It doesn't have to be jointed together. We're not expecting her to be like Jesus, Carly Rae Jepsen, Emotion <laughs> Side B. Amen. We're just like, okay, go Miley. And can I just say, she looks amazing in the album cover. She does. Gosh, like she's she never so looked good. better. I'm gonna bring it back up. Oh, bring no, it back up. Katy Perry. <laughs> bring so it back good. up. Yeah, I mean that's definitely true. That's why we stand Miley. She's just herself, and people just can't take it because they grew up with Hannah Montana or something like that. I was I was afraid that you were gonna trigger the demi stands yeah. in the comments below. Are um, you a demi stand? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that was thanks for bringing up that point. <laughs> Because, um, as I said earlier, like I've been listening to more and more albums. Like I've been trying to expand, and uh, even though it's just an EP, it didn't really sit well with me. So maybe it's just a sax. Because um, mm-hmm. the first two songs were good, um, and then "Dream" and "Party Up the Street." Yeah, I wrote it down. Um, <laughs> they reminded me of the Bangers era. Yeah, that yeah. was the very Bangers. Um, but I think I. It's not that I take offense into it, but it just feels wrong when. She brought up, I love Nikki, but I listen to Cardi. Yeah, yeah. Um, cause uh, she's always had um, people have always like asked her why is she jocking, um, why is she appropriating something or a culture, possibly back culture with the twerking scandal from twenty thirteen. Yeah. She tried to break away from the Disney mode. Um, it's interesting that. This might seem minor, but the Nikki fiasco from 2015 kind of reminds me of that. Or at least from a few years ago. Well, apparently I haven't seen any negative reactions yeah. to that. I think she said something about Demi and Selena also, right? Yeah. In that I th- she, I same think she did, verse. But I think that's why it's a sax for me. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it felt like stirring up drama. Mm. But overall, it's her sound in the first two songs were good. Yeah. We'll have to see when the whole or when the next the two EPs project. come out, and then when we see it as a whole album. So we'll have to wait for that later on in the year. So next, more music news. Um, Katy Perry just came out with her latest song called "Never Really Over," and it's a super yes. At first, I was like, "Okay, Katy Perry's still trying to be a thing," but now, <laughs> <Whoa. Okay. laughs> but now I'm now like, gonna... I'm really enjoying this song. Katy Perry is back from. 
her kalat days. So I think it's a yes. Um, you guys should listen to this song. By kalat, do you mean witness? The yeah. Oh, okay. Can I correct? <laughs> Flopness. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I love a good kalat. I love bangers. I love I love a good kalat face. Yeah. yeah. She did it wrong. She yeah. Wrong. She was just like, okay, I'm gonna cut my hair. I'm gonna go to American That's Idol or something like Although, that. Although hot take, like I like a few songs from Witness, so I guess the title track. Swish, and swish, swish. Not really. Uh, <laughs> pendulum was good. <laughs> uh, pendulum was good, but aside from that, it's kind of forgettable as mm-hmm. a whole. It was. It she was, was trying hard. Gay yeah, she was trying moment. too hard. She was trying so too hard. So never really over is. It's still growing on me. Like I said, it's not. Yeah, same, it, same. It's not an earworm. It's not like there immediately so i have to let it grow but it has to for me i really love never really over i mean it's a again it's a good takeoff it's a good redemption storyline from flopness <laughs> and then Damn. if you watch the music video for me i just want to point out she's using the exact same colors well not exact same an extremely similar color scheme as taylor swift's me so i was just like ooh, ooh. i disagree though i don't are we back with Katie, <laughs> Copycat Perry? Ooh. No, but Taylor album. Swift actually added this song yeah, I know. to her so, Me playlist I, on Apple Music. Until I realized that, I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So I, was, I thought she was initially stirring up drama again. But then I was like, okay, never mind. Taylor's cool with it. But also, can I just say she looks like Drew Barrymore in the music <laughs> video? It's kind of weird. She Is does. that a bad thing, though? Maybe no it's comment. the hair. It's the hair. Actually, I haven't seen the music video, so... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a good return to form. I like the memes either. that good came with back. it. Which one? Never the, really over. Yeah, they basically just get the whole chorus and remove all the spaces. Uh, Listen to the song, you're gonna get that. <laughs> okay. If you haven't. Next yeah. song is Love Release is Sad Forever from his upcoming Same. How I'm Feeling EP. And his music video, which was released also last Friday, was shot in his concert in Ironetta Coliseum like last week. I was there. Wow. And I I wasn't in the music video because malayo ako sa part kung sa sila nagshoot pero it's a really nice song and at the same time it's a good um, mental health awareness song because if you watch the video he was um, explaining everything he was feeling and how the song came to be because he wrote the song on the plane going to Manila and then he was like oh let's make a music video because Hollywood people can do that but it's a really good song also. It's, the lyrics are like, I don't want to be sad forever. I don't want to be sad no more. So it's a yes. Yeah. I actually agree. Because um, I read somewhere that he's actually donating the proceeds of the song yeah. to mental health like causes. Or, yeah. like, or efforts to help educate and really... Yeah. For mental health awareness. Yeah, for mental yeah. health awareness. So it's really interesting that he's taken that approach. And also the video is interesting. And... I guess it helps export the Philippines as a major stand culture, goods. like maybe like Brazil. <laughs> Hashtag Pinoy Pride. Actually, in a actually, sort of warped um, way. Ano nga, this this um arena tour. It's his first arena tour ever. So he was like super happy na he experienced like this huge crowd na Araneta size. Because I think usually it's just like a regular yeah. small concert hall and. That's why this um, concert to him last week was really special because it's his first, um, it's his first headlining arena tour as well. So 
props to love i mean he's really being his, be he's really being his authentic self yeah. and he's just being vulnerable and i think that's what we really look for in artists these days yeah and i'm so glad it was shot here because um this sort of climate has a troublesome time um accepting mental illness i think um the philippines in general so for people to see like oh that's that's our Aneta Coliseum the song is about you know, I don't want to be sad forever mm-hmm. um it's it's a great sort of way to underscore that message we're trying to push that mental health is super important that ment- um we need to be more aware of it and everything so here especially and I'm I'm really glad about that so it's a yes for me yeah. And upcoming from Love, we're gonna have um, a Laney collaboration. Yeah. Oh my god. I, I, we were talking about it a while ago. I was like, Love, Laney, Troy Sivan's new sound, they all sound the same. <laughs> and to be like, when I, listen to them, when I listen to it on the radio, I'm just always like, Who is, is this again? Love or Laney? Who is this again? I'm like, Who? Then so, I'm so tired. I was like, Is this Troy or is this Love? Exactly. <laughs> Can I add, maybe they have different sounds, but I also confuse them with Hon? Oh, Hon is kind of different, though. Kinda. Maybe that's like, yeah, the beginner in me. It's, probably, but it's okay. similar, but not kind the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I agree. Okay, so last is our only Pinoy pop culture related popcorn of the week. Because wala masadong nangyare this week. Yeah. Aside from the fact that James Reed um backed out of Pedro Penduco, but that's not like super big news, like the Darna thing. Yeah. But um, um, Rocket Sheep released the animated teaser for. Shasha Saturna, which is by what's his name? I'm sorry, I failed my <laughs> research. Just kidding. But um this is a superhero na Becky Sha and then Parang Darna, but they twisted it. Na when when the guy intakes a stone, he becomes a woman. So a f- interesting um, animation coming from the Philippines. Um, they previously made Saving Sally Rocket Sheep oh. Studios. So it's going to be super interesting to see this Shasha Saturna come to life in animated form. I don't know when this comes out because animation nga siya. So it's interesting. It's a yes for me. Yeah, it's exciting because um, a lot of animation here is under-celebrated. So mm-hmm. for this to come out at all is sort of a big step for not just animators here but in general the scene um but i remember i think we released an article about it also and there were so many people in the comments of course hating on it because they were like oh she young uh, extra rice why is she so big blah, blah blah and it was just really frustrating it's like why can't you just be happy about this um why can't you recognize that there's so many different bodies out there body types and everything so in even in that regard i'm very excited about it that it celebrates like a bigger sort of um body type and and the lgbt community and the LGBT, yeah and it is pride month yes so, so perfect yeah. perfect uh, we have something like yeah, this so it's a yes. and segue si carlo vergara pala i follow him on facebook but i forgot <laughs> his name real quick but siya yung creator he also made um kung paano ako naging leading lady mm. And that's gonna be turned into a movie too. So wow. it's nice that his works are having l- adaptations in mainstream media. It's a sax for me because literally this is the first time I'm seeing the, <laughs> the trailer. And I was like, oh, that's cute. But it's a sax because in the words of Mariah Carey, I don't know her. <laughs> 
I think for me it's also a sex, but also it also borderline yes, because it you're also seeing the industry or like the local industry embracing the art form, mm-hmm. not just for Shasa Saturna, but also um there's this new Eric Mati project I think they're launching next year. Um, using yo-yo or other traditional Oh, I think I've read games. about that. Um, so it's like mix. So you have the animated um, form and then you also have live action. So it's nice that if they feel like they don't have the power or maybe the permission from like big wigs or like head honchos, they can do it by themselves. Mm-hmm. And they actually have the freedom to express that. So that's nice, I think. It's a, it's a good... Um, advancement for like young artists who yeah. want to really make it big yes i agree with that and you know filipino pop culture whether people believe it or not it's actually progressing yeah. and there's a lot of good movies out there that you should watch talaga i mean if you just read up on it because people have like beef against filipino movies saying oh cheesy corny but you know you should just find the right movie for you and yeah. you're really gonna find something nice so that's it for our pop current for the week and we'll be back for some more popcorn and it is our gleek out glee 10th anniversary retrospective so that's why we're all here um sobrang obscure na ng glee at this point <laughs> in time it? it ended in 2016 ba? it ended four years ago apparently but um glee is just one of the shows i just really loved it was my foray into adult tv shows if you can call it an adult tv show from my disney days so that's why you know <laughs> um, yeah. it's a special show yeah. to my heart and i love musicals so yeah i guess let's just talk about the show in general for people who need to be caught up as to what glee was so you know glee was a big phenomenon back in 2009 it premiered on May 19, 2009, kaya 10 years na Um It was created by Ryan Murphy, Brad Falchuk, and Ian Brennan. Um, and that season officially began on September 9, 2009. Ngayon ko lang na-realize yun. Anyway, wow, so... Ryan Murphy's mind, huh? Yeah, Fox. Fox. <laughs> wow. So that starred Jane Lynch, Matthew Morrison, Liam Michelle, Corey Monteith, Chris Colfer, Diane Chris, Diana Agron, Jenna Oshkowitz, Amber Riley, Kevin McHale, and a plethora of people because there are just so many cast yes. members on this show. And from then on, it became a super big pop culture phenomenon. It had six seasons, 121 episodes, 16 albums, 754 songs featured on a show, and four of six, 406 of those were singles. And then, parang on June 2010, the cast were second behind the Beatles for most chart appearances on Billboard. Wow. Parang wow. And then they also had a concert tour, a 3D movie. And a spin-off show called The Glee Project. So that was Glee. That was a lot. It <laughs> happened. And it spanned for it ended nga in twenty fifteen. So that was a thing back then. It was a really big thing in yeah. the first two seasons. So how was your relationship with Glee to begin with? Since I'm I 
started na saying na you know it was the first adult truly adult thing because I was watching Disney Channel shows yeah at that age yeah no definitely agree because it was such a big bridge towards that mm. sort of genre mm-hmm. of high school drama and everything and I think a lot of us were actually in high schoolers starting yeah. high school we were first year yeah me and Rico we <laughs> yeah we I was a, I was also a child uh-huh. back then and you know it, it gives you that sort of um glimpse into westernized um, yeah. high school with music which i enjoy i enjoy music I it's love like musicals. a real non-sanitized high school musical yeah, yeah. if yeah. you think about it yeah. <laughs> to quote Shola, when we were in high school Shola, Shola actually oh my gosh what are you gonna say then biggest high school musical with cursing <laughs> okay that makes that sense sounds pure and wholesome when you think about it yeah that's okay so yeah but we were I guess... freshman year in high school so it had to be pure and wholesome <laughs> At that um, time, Shempre, we were just beginning yeah. our adolescent adolescent lives, and this was kind of new. All the sexual themes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess for young people who didn't watch like Game of Thrones at that time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there were a lot of mature themes, yeah. and I actually agree with you. Na, um, it's also a start for me. Because mm-hmm. it was the transition between Disney Channel shows, Nickelodeon. I also had The Simpsons, but it's actually Glee and Thirty Rock that made me like adult shows. Because I was, I think I was too young for Lost, mm-hmm. Desperate Housewives, yeah, Battlestar Galactica, all of those. Game of Thrones. Game of, yeah, it came out the the same. They, it came out the same season as Glee did. Yeah. yeah. And I tried watching Game of Thrones as a child, and I was like, "What it's is different. this? I'm just gonna go watch Glee." <laughs> yeah and i think we're lucky in a sense because glee came at the point when you know you had gossip girl i'm mm-hmm. not sure if vampire diaries came before yeah it was but a year after or the was, same season yeah, there was something so glossy about those high school dramas and with glee there was something very pared down it was its own thing it's and real, it's weird, yeah, it's, real, it's, it's glee. They had yeah. no filters, I mean, at least for broadcasts or for shows of that kind. So it was, I guess that's why it became such a big thing. Because it felt like representation for so many people. Yeah. But before it like, reached that point, it became like, oh, this is new. Like, mm-hmm. this is definitely new, I haven't seen this. Yeah, to add to it being new... It's contemporaries when it began. We're all like CW trash shows. I mean, I love them. I love them. It's the CW trash shows. So everybody loves a good underdog story when Glee started. They were all about, we're the underdog. We're doing great. We're everybody losers. Everybody loves us. Everybody hates us. Sorry. Everybody hates us, but we, we love ourselves. Yeah. We find strength in ourselves and each other. We're special. Yes, yeah, we're special. Wow, we can sing a about. Here's a gold face. star. <laughs> oh my god, I was so obsessed with this. Oh my gosh. Fun fact: Shala used to import gold stars. <laughs> like he was Rachel It was Berry from you. It was from you. I sold it to him. Yeah, and I bought it. I bought it. <laughs> I had a thing for gold stars. That was my blog name. Imagine. Wow. That's so <laughs> cute. It's just Tumblr, your own blog. It's WordPress. Okay, WordPress. WordPress. So you can go search it out. It's probably out there. That was really my obsession. But I felt like a big chunk of it was how 
relatable the stories are nga I mean syempre you're high school you're in high school and Ateneo High School is an all-boys school and being something like the people in Glee not necessarily LGBT but being different period it's not a construct that high school boys can understand in an all-boys school setting so Glee was like sort of a refuge or like some show na you can just watch and feel like oh other people are experiencing this but they have other people together with them banding mm. side by side i had enrico who we watched the show well like sentimental i mean i mean that was violin music. those were our, uh, those were our bonding moments back in high school i didn't know her <laughs> <laughs> so i parang that's just the major like um, selling point talaga of Glee na okay you might be a loser in other people's eyes but you actually belong but you're not a Bel- loser alone uh, <laughs> you can be losers together you're a loser like me uh, <laughs> yeah. but I agree cause when you think about it like we did say that it felt like baby steps towards adult mm-hmm. dramas yeah. and then that's when I also realized that TV is a refuge like I um, related a lot to community. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's another Rick. show. Yeah. Parks and Rec. Like all of those characters became like as you grew older, as you grow older, uh, you'll realize that they actually have an impact on you because they feel like they f- they know you, yeah. but they're also fictional. So there's this bridge that's being there's this bridge that's being built. Yeah. Between you and fiction. Yeah. And like as alternative as the characters were, um, I think you could really find yourself in a lot of them, not just one of them, um, from the perspective of someone who went to an all-girls school where, of course, it's a little more accepted to, like, um, musicals or, like, musical TV shows. It was mm-hmm. still very nice because uh, my friends and I, we weren't popular. We were very um, we were very into niche things. Mm-hmm. So, of course, um, it wasn't always people were being nice to us, but it was so nice to have glee as a show um and i got like my burkada into it's like you guys have to watch this you'd really like it you'd enjoy it because they're us you know um and it, it's just so gross like you know you're, <laughs> they're us guys but it felt it, uh, i shiver just thinking about it but it Damn. felt like such a <laughs> it's so gross all, right yeah it's like ugh, cringe like where you identify with these characters and you're like guys that's me and you're like tears in your eyes and i just cringe at like 2009 angela crying about it. um i cringe at 2009 <laughs> 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 you doing the L sign? Oh, yeah. I, ha- oh my God. I have, I have, I have oh that God. profile picture. I think we all do. <laughs> I think I deleted. Can't it. relate. <laughs> hey, we have a photo together. <laughs> Can't relate. It never happened. I'm gonna post it on the popcorn IG. Just kidding. <laughs> and anyway. you will hear from my lawyer. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I mean that's so true, talaga. Mm-hmm. Na, these were our TV friends. Oh, wow. And we're bonding with our real-life friends <laughs> over these people. And it's just a great community. Parang 10 years ago, geek culture wasn't as, isn't as big as it was now. And, you know, to have this pop culture, like, pop culture, what do you call this? Like, yeah, it's just a sludge yeah. of every pop culture thing you can put into one show. You're, that was Glee. You're right. <laughs> as you said, Game of Thrones was just starting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Walking Dead wasn't at its peak yet. Yeah. Big Bang Theory was like, what do you mean? <laughs> the Walking Dead's peak was its beginning. 
mean like The Walking Dead wasn't as big as it was like by 2012 or 2013 maybe and then Iron Man just started a year before yeah, yeah. so what did we have as a yeah. culture yeah that was like the birthplace of Hannah Montana <laughs> that was our culture I stand Hannah Montana I love Hannah Montana we should have a Hannah Montana kids. episode <laughs> So yeah, parang Glee was such a big thing. Everyone was watching, literally. TV was still a thing. I'd go home, straight home, just to watch Glee on ETC. Yes. Kasi wala pang streaming sites, wala pang Netflix. Or Jack TV. Yeah. Or Jack TV for, hey, for more male viewers, quote-unquote. <laughs> I mean, because ETC was more for, targeted for women. Yeah. But yeah, same thing. But... Glee was just a big phenomenon, and I watched every bit of it. Watched the con- 3D concert, all that. That concert was so fun. It, it was. was a fun concert. Basically, it's a high school musical phenomenon. Not my concert, all that. But, you know, I loved it. I loved every. I loved what it represented, and it made people feel at home and made people feel special. Even if they were different, because Drag Race also began around that time, 2010. Everything but you know, Drag Race was still a super niche show at that time. And Drag Race be- started earlier, I think. Started 2010. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So at that time, Glee was what people had. Yeah. And it bombed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it didn't really truly bomb. Yeah. Um, Until the I last mean, <laughs> its prime was, I guess, the first three seasons or first two seasons arguably first season (laughs) but first 13 episodes i think yeah (laughs) because the ano naman was that the good thing about it was that in the beginning because um the stories the songs were just tied to the stories and eventually they just ate up the story yeah Parang the this music ate the narrative over the narrative dictating what the music was yeah. by the end of it with all the tributes and all the all the popular songs that were on air in the moment. Yeah. That was what Glee was featuring by the end of it. But they had gems of episodes. But what do you what do you guys think was the downfall when did Glee jump the shark? That, that's hard. I mean, um, everyone, I guess. I think we we discussed this earlier how we fought, we followed the the main characters to the end of season three because yeah. because we just wanted to see okay where are they gonna end up and then season four was kind of like oh, where, <laughs> what's going on yeah. but even before the end of season three I already felt the decline mm-hmm. um, I think mid season two that was already um, where it wasn't doing so well it was mm-hmm. trying to pick itself up and then trying to stop doing the whole spectacle for the sake of yeah. spectacle kind of thing. It tended to do with, like, the Rocky Horror episode. Oh. Um, all of the big, big episodes. Um, it felt a lot like Community. Sorry, just because we brought it up earlier. Where um, instead of small, fun episodes where they were all just talking, it would just become big ones. Like yeah. We'd have another paintball episode, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, right? Right? Abangan, community episode <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it was definitely around there when they started thinking of um, how do we finish the budget rather than oh. how do we tell a story? <laughs> I'm just Hot saying. Take, but it's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually think that's correct, I guess. Um, we can actually maybe devote 
two or three hours just to discuss Glee. That's downfall. true. Mm-hmm. Um, or Glee in general. Glee in general. Because uh, <laughs> even in season one, you have like duds. It's not perfect. Yeah. But um, it didn't show it. Yung flaws niya. Like overall flaws until maybe three, maybe two or three. Two seasons. And then by four, five, six, that's where you see the. What it was like. I can't believe I fell for this. Yeah. And, I just, and I just and I just like finished it for the sake of finishing because I I didn't really I don't really quit on shows. That's yeah. like it's not hate watching, but hey smash. Um, but, but yeah, you get that sense. I agree with everything said. I mean, the first two seasons were okay. For the first season, the flaws of the season is a part of what made it so charming. Yeah, they barely had any budget. We weren't sure if we were gonna get past what they don't. They didn't season. have songs like they didn't they have all the popular songs. songs. Yeah, yeah. But so it was like okay, it, it's a part. It was a really good way of making it charming. And then at that point, all, most of the songs that they were playing were songs either our parents or yeah. older people would listen to. So it was also a good way for them to introduce the older songs to us, which yeah. was like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, that's true. So it went worse around midway season two. But by that point, I think all of us were all sort of committed, devoted to yeah. who the characters were and are. So I was like, okay, fine. I devoted like what? A few months of my life to this. Might as well try to see it through the end but yeah. after season three i was like nope canceled i don't know who you are <laughs> <laughs> but I think- to add point to this sorry can i just say i think it all falls a lot on um ryan murphy as well because his strengths aren't really with continuous shows yeah like i feel like that's what made american yeah, horror story a success as well it was an anthology every season was com- supposedly disconnected from each other and to add American Horror Story's downfall was when Ryan Murphy tried connecting every season together. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Yeah, Can we say he's no Kevin Feige? Yeah. <laughs> oh God, that's another discussion. But yeah, I agree. It's also Ryan Murphy's um, strengths and weaknesses. Doing. I mean, that's what they tried to do with season four, which was yeah. trying to reboot, soft reboot Glee, but keep yeah. the other characters. New York but and I guess the reboot, because what happened was in season four, na these are kind of like 2.0s of your 1.0s. It's not completely new. Yeah. So that's, I mean, yeah. I think to build on Enrico's point, by you said it slacked by midway season two. Yeah. That was like 26 million people watch it because of the Super Bowl. Yeah. So right. it felt like Glee was really a phenomenon. But also, you'd also feel like they weren't really top dogs or leaders. Because yeah. at the end of the day, they felt like, Losers, talaga. Like mm-hmm. you won't feel na their loss levels or like who are your number one show, like Game of Thrones. They were, they were still underdogs, eh? Yeah. In every sense, like even if they do big songs, people are still gonna say na oh I don't like Glee or I hate Glee or I hate musicals. Yeah. So there's always this dimension. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Attachment to it. Yeah. Super, I agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Glee was such a phenomenon because it was so different like um what Enrico said about it being charming like that part where where rachel sings take a bow in the mm. auditorium by in herself. episode four like it's so cringy <laughs> <season one>. but <laughs> for some reason it's so charming it's just right. like yeah she would do that because she's that dramatic like mm. she would rent out the whole auditorium by herself to sing about a boy who isn't even her boyfriend right? <laughs> yeah. so it's yeah. like she would do that and for some reason you you're 
I got attached to that. I got attached to Rachel, even though it's so Yes. Because how many of us... <laughs> there's only right over there right one. over someone who we were never be with and also like having Tina and Mercedes as mm. backup singers like yeah, the extra like, jumped out yeah oh that was so funny like I mean we've all done that in our head but she really did it she, she did. went for it and or was that a dream sequence <laughs> oh, we don't know we never know yeah I, I enjoyed that about like the first season um, it had its, it had a lot of flaws, but I thought it made it very endearing. Um, yeah. So I guess that signals us to move forward to our next part of our discussion, which is our favorite aspects of the show, because we don't want to bash it at this tenth anniversary celebration. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just we're let's relive our favorite aspects, our memorable, the memorable things. So first, who are your favorite characters? For me. <laughs> Enrico's gonna judge me and he's been judging me since 2009 but Rachel <laughs> Berry is Rachel. my favorite talaga so yun kayo um, I love Quinn I think mm. Quinn is like an unsung hero um, for the show she's wonderful yeah. I'm also for team Quinn yes. I'm all everybody else who was in that <laughs> show Diana Agron Correct. It's pronounced Agron. I'm sorry. <laughs> Diana Agron was the only one I really followed till the end. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Until now, I still Until follow now, her. I, still follow, I her. follow her. I still follow yeah, her. Wow. Yeah, I okay. love her. So, I guess, like, with the OG Avengers, I like the original six. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, everyone from that. But I, I guess... Justice then, for Quinn. Justice for yeah, Kurt. Yeah. Justice I, for I, Tina. Justice like, for Tina. Mention to Quinn also being a great character. Because she started off with this... Yeah. It's not one-dimensional, but it's this thing. And then she transformed it and gave it warmth. Same yeah. with, like, Santana, who became an icon, a phenomenon. Yeah. Like, yes. outside of her side, I guess, two lines, maybe? Yeah. Or, like, the side character to Quinn. Yeah. That's true. From being her sidekick to, like... Yeah. Pero, awesome. yeah. yeah. I'm just gonna go back to Rachel. This is why we don't like Rachel Berry. <laughs> I mean, for me, because... Leah Michelle you know, is gonna storm inside here and flip the table. If Leah Michelle, try, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> just kidding. Um, you know, uh, I guess the charm for Rachel, because for me, was that she was just very determined in getting what she wanted, trying to get what she wanted, and she never stopped. And part of me was like that. I mean, there's a lot of people in a room, like Lady Gaga said, that will say no to you. Enrico is one of them. <laughs> but there's, you know, seeing Rachel's growth. I mean, she is annoying. I, you can say that. And at some points, I guess I'm also annoying and problematic to a lot of people. But that's the charm for me. Now. Rachel was just like doing her thing, doing what she loves, enjoying it, no matter what people told her or what people believe even the people who are considered her friends still parang disabling you but you know that's why we're here I'm that's why I i'm trying so hard not to read him to fail right <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah that's what i mean i guess part of the reason and this is just really inspiring for a kid to see na, okay you can reach your goals yeah. you can go to broadway you can have your own podcast. We're here right now. <laughs> but, but can I just say, is it inspiring or is it like promoting the bad <laughs> habits? <laughs> Let's all be real here. Rachel was not a good person. Yeah, she well. was not a good person. Was it really worth it? I mean, 
as an adult, we can look at it right now. As I can look at Rachel and be like, Cringe. in high school, I'm like, I would throw a slushie at her. <laughs> I hate her. Like, hands down. She's annoying af. I guess it's also how the show frames it because she's uh, supposed to be the protagonist. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of people are like, oh, I'm sympathetic to her. But like when you really dissect her actions <laughs> and look into it, yeah, a lot of the time she's unbearable. And, That's true. And, I agree with that point. Yeah. point naman. Um, but like what I like about it is that I remember in duets, I think season two, <laughs> um, wow. she, she was very self-reflexive about her selfishness where she was like, um, they were practicing. I think it was that. Don't number. go breaking my yeah, heart. Yeah, they were practicing that uh, number, and then she stops and says, um, "I'm a selfish person." And I was like, "Well, that was a moment." Thank <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> she knows, so she knew this whole time. But then she, you know, she tries to make it about the team, and then eventually it's still about her. And she's <laughs> she's self-reflexive of that, and I kind of enjoyed that about her, where she's not actually just blindly selfish. Um, so I enjoyed that complexity of her character as much as I do. Um, the her complexity is different from Quinn's, which is oh, this is such a beautiful character. Like Quinn is, yeah. Quinn Quinn is such a stands. yeah. Sorry, we, we I love her. Quinn. I love her too. <laughs> like, I love Faberi also. <laughs> that was a fan fictional thing that people were making up that Rachel and Quinn had like a secret relationship. <laughs> relationship. Yeah. Um. But even in terms of um Rachel and Quinn, um how they interacted, I remember one of the opening shots is. Quinn typing on Rachel's MySpace page. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, you should get what Sydney And my, MySpace was a thing yeah. at that point. MySpace was still in a thing. Wait, RuPaul was still an insult then. Remember that yes, locker scene? Like, hey, Finn. RuPaul. Hey, RuPaul. <laughs> that was like, and now RuPaul oh. is like, yes, yeah. honey. So, now, how dare you compare RuPaul to Liam Michelle? <laughs> oh, but, like, I have to build on what you said because... Yeah. Leah is like the perfect avatar, like perfect yes. casting for yes, Lee. Because yes. when you think about again, like bigger context of like shows, like you got Don Draper for Mad Men, like Walter White for Breaking Bad, yes. and then uh, Rachel Berry really encapsulates what Glee is. So like Cholo, what you said earlier about how she's annoying, but she's also like I can root for her. Yeah, I have empathy for her, and I get that. And I think I see why I like season 3 so much. Not only because not only because they're graduating, but also because you see them in their most natural, like, panicky state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you see them groveling to get out of Lima. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Rachel cries because she choked. She, she does things, but also because she feels like she's caught between being a star yeah. and being no one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's really nice what, I mean... You have different feelings about the Michelle. <laughs> I, I, I like the Michelle sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> can she read? <laughs> there's this whole there's this whole conspiracy of Leah Michelle not, not being able to read. Kaya puro emojis lang Instagram captions. Someone writes. You should look up that podcast. Uh, I'm not sure what the podcast is called, but there's yeah. a whole podcast, 30 minute podcast devoted about to that. the conspiracy of Leah Michelle can't read. It's so funny. That's just the yeah. best. But, but go, yeah. Rachel. I mean, Rachel, I, I agree with um, what Angela said about self-reflexivity because that's something we should promote to everyone. Yeah. Like, you should be self-reflexive. You should know who you are. I mean, it's it's hard to figure it out for yeah. sure, but it's Not nice just to knowing know. who you are. Just being able to look at yourself. Okay, these are my flaws. Every now and then, I'm going to, like, try to make it better. Yes. But my problem with her is 
every one step for her to make it better is always two steps. Yeah. <laughs> racial. We all have a racial in our lives. Let's be real. <laughs> I am self-reflexive enough to admit that I am Rachel Bear. You are Rachel Bear. But I like her um, development over the seasons because I remember with her run, Joey Run. Um, iconic. She, the iconic. best song. <laughs> beautiful acting and everything, right? That's so good. I'm still waiting for her Emmy for that. <laughs> but yeah, like, and she, she's so naive about it. She doesn't realize it'll actually hurt people's feelings especially the guy she's dating so to be like like you look at her and you go like that's so dumb and then you get the season two where she is reflexive about it where she does admit i am selfish and i do things for myself um but i want to do something for, for the everyone this yeah. time and so it's great and then you get the season three where um you're not you're still not sure how you feel about her but you still cry when she sings roots before branches yeah. at the end like, oh my gosh like, I still, I train bawling. scene yeah i was bawling there and i was like why i don't even like her but why am i crying so hard but you know like for some reason you you will get secretly attached to her yeah. and so i i i like i liked watching her develop over the years even if she wasn't my favorite character and so uh, yeah actually no matter how you feel about like the last few seasons when you see her as a coach yeah part-time coach of like the new 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 directions yeah. it's very moving. Yeah. It is. You get excited. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, it's Rachel Berry. So now I guess her. we're gonna move on to Kurt and Blaine, also yes. known as Clayne. So arguably Enrico is the Kurt to my Rachel Berry. <laughs> that that those were our roles in high school. Here you sing. We're gonna sing together. Right now. It's called Shut Up. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and drive. But I mean Kurt was like a real good representative of LGBT and yeah. coming out and the whole storyline. But, you know, I really loved him as a character and his growth also. But eventually, as the seasons went by, justice for Kurt because Blaine took the spotlight. I mean, I love Darren Chris. He's so talented, the man. I mean, he did win an Emmy for... Um, American Crime Story, but dancing in his mankini. <laughs> <laughs> but parang eventually, kasi it it seemed like Ryan Murphy and crew were just like let's push Blaine even more, and parang Kurt just became the secondary character yeah. as compared to before, and Blaine was just supposed to be his love interest, yeah. and it became become became such a huge thing. Uh, my my brother big Glee fan also. He has a lot of feelings about um Kurt and Blaine. Um and we we always talk about when we talk about Kurt we get so passionate because we always say like Kurt walked so so many people could run. Um because there isn't a lot of representation for the LGBT yet around that time and Kurt was like the only openly gay um character on TV, I think. Or at least one of the only. And he even says it on the show, like I'm the only kid out of the closet in this school so it sort of it drives that isolation sort of narrative and it brings out a strength in him that like you don't you don't really notice that you don't really notice in terms of the everyday for the characters every day the characters will wake up and do their thing but but kurt has to do it in a certain way where he has to protect himself um and it's it's sort of the thing that you overlook his strength and i super love kurt 
And I agree with you that Ryan Murphy, I think, was blatantly in love with Blaine. Um, or Darren Chris. <laughs> or Darren Chris, and just wanted to push him into the, the spotlight. Theory. Yeah, <laughs> this is my new conspiracy. That's a lot of that's a lot of conspiracy for Glinga. Na Ryan Murphy and Darren Chris were like doing it or something I, I i followed um oh no they didn't glee uh, ontd glee and a lot of the comments were just like oh stop it ryan murphy you're just like putting all the blame out there and yun nga parang sayang lang yung si kurt na as a character yeah. i really loved kurt like from the beginning to the end kurt was this damaged kid putting on a strong facade mm-hmm. from the beginning and eventually at one point throughout the series he cracked he moved goes mm. okay yeah super understandable his storyline but for me the ju- we really needed justice for kurt i mean like yeah i guess at that point kurt was this openly gay openly femme dude being represented in tv and then at the end of the day he kind of gets thrown as a back he gets a tina treatment yes like thrown in the back for what a straight passing blaine just like straight passing arguably <laughs> <laughs> so it's like uh, I wasn't a big Blaine fan as well either. He's like Rachel with a man part. So exactly. Like, That's true. <laughs> but and then we... Okay. I, as much as I'm not that big a fan of Blaine, I have to admit, Blaine did sort of have an impact. He sort of made crooning okay again. Mm-hmm. For, guys, for, you, for people out there, crooning is sort of like when you sing girl songs and people would replace the um, pronouns. Yeah. But then Blaine really didn't. So I was like, okay, it made it and cute. And Teenage Dream was such a big hit for Glee. The, yeah, um, such a... The Blaine cover of it. The Warblers cover. Yeah. And that became a whole phenomenon on its own. The Warblers, they had their own album. And, you know, I did like Blaine in the first season. I mean, the first season he appeared in. Even in the beginning of season three when he was... He transferred to uh, McKinley High. But yeah. nga, eventually, parang why? <laughs> but why? Let's be honest. Why are you transferring schools for a boy? Get your priorities together. <laughs> I feel like my only um, takeaway from Kurt uh, is that he probably deserved an Emmy. He was nominated for two. I just checked. Yeah. Uh, he was really good in Grilled Jesus. Um, yeah. That episode with Finn. That was so good. Um, what if and God also, was And also when he just... You're not Rachel Berry. <laughs> and also when <laughs> just focuses on him. And then you see him trying not to break, as what yeah. you said. And he's just trying to hold it in. But you see every, like everything is cracking. That's one of the best contributions of Chris uh, to the show. And yeah, he should have probably won something like other than a Golden Globe. And he's a pretty good writer too. Yeah. Can yeah. I just say I did read his children's books called The Land of Stories. It's really, I mean, it's super pambata talaga, but they it, had I mean, really it's pretty good and um, struck by lightning. Yes, which was also star, which was also into turned into a movie starring Chris Colfer. So read those books if you like reading books and you like Glee. <laughs> And sobrang pinili ko talaga yung Land of Stories, I yung book ni Leah yeah. Michelle. Oh wow, yung book okay. Ni Jenna I, 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 I thought that I like non-fiction. I'm pretty sure she didn't yeah. read that. <laughs> she couldn't. She couldn't read. How can she write? <laughs> Any other characters that you'd like to discuss? I mean, Unholy Trinity was a big thing. Also, the Unholy Trinity came into their own from being the evil, popular cheerleaders. 
parang yun yung trope nila in the beginning yeah. but they re- they soon realized that they were losers into yeah. their own parang they had their own flaws like Santana became the lesbian of the show <laughs> Quinn became pregnant and yeah. Britney, Britney was <laughs> Britney <laughs> went to MIT the, <laughs> of the student body yeah to quote this, the famous viral YouTube sensation I forgot what the title was hot girls have problems too <laughs> <laughs> but yeah Britney was really hilarious from one liners so turning to, into her own character mm. and Heather Morris from become from a dancer lang yeah. she started comedian. singing yeah. became a comedian she's so funny like I remember um, the I think season 2 sectionals where she loses Artie's comb the, the magic comb yeah. and then she she looks down and she's just one liners everything it's like like um what's this he he accuses her of adultery and then she's like i don't know how you found out i'm so sad and it's like um, and what is adultery yeah. to Brittany <laughs> again yeah. and then he's like i can't believe you cheated on me it's like when did i cheat on you when you when you admitted to adultery i thought that meant like being stupid like adult and i was just like it, it takes it takes a certain kind of writer to write this stuff yeah. right and it's, and like truth <laughs> the impact is real. <laughs> so, so Cholo, there's something you. about sharks and Britney, right? I forget yeah. the line dolphins exactly. Delf- oh. Dolphins are just Lord gay Tubington sharks. Tubington. Oh yeah. my gosh! Fondue for, yeah. for two. Fondue for two. Rachel, stop. Rachel, stop. <laughs> <laughs> that but, I loved fondue for two whenever it came out. That was yeah. iconic. I was excited. <laughs> it, it Let's talk good. about the unsung hero, Lord Tubington, who was caught in a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> 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 Sobrang lala lang na ang daming directions na pinunta ng show. And like, just for the, the sake of like, not random all of the TV. directions were new either. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, yeah. <laughs> we loved it for being so different that it just went all over the place. Yeah. I loved, I loved how Quinn was especially different as the. Because you have a stereotype of head cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she was also the head of the president of the celibacy club, which is a turn. <laughs> That not most um, shows um, show because it's usually like the head cheerleader is the most promiscuous one or something mm. like that. Um, so it's interesting. And then yeah. her character development also, um, she's motivated a lot by fear rather than success. Like she's scared of, for example, her pregnancy. And then later she's on. She's scared of peaking in high school. Yeah, right? she's scared of peaking in high school. Then she's scared of being in a relationship with Sam. Like she even says, um, I know this feeling. It's like, I need you. And I don't need you. And like you can tell, she's a lot of her motivation is fear. And that's sort of heartbreak. It's kind of tragic to see in a character who um, wants to be on top all the time. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's a great foil, foil to Rachel who always wants to be on top. And she says it's lonely at the top. Whereas Quinn wants to be on top and surrounds herself with people she might not even like. Mm. But just to be able to say that she is there. Um, it is tragic. Like I, I love Quinn. She's such a complex character, and all those layers to her, um, and her core motivation being how scared she is. Mm. Like I think that vulnerability is very relatable for young kids when we were when we were younger. Mm. Like a lot of us saw a lot of ourselves in Quinn also. Yeah. And I think it makes for a great dynamic, talaga, with Rachel. Kaya there's such opposites, but. Sometimes they have to be friends. Yeah. Sometimes they embrace each other. I mean, that I feel pretty and unpretty oh, yeah. mashup was so, so good. good. Yeah. Actually, yeah, when they were on screen together, they had not just chemistry, but you know, they were 
as you said, their characters had a dynamic or they had a magnetic presence towards each other that yeah. when you look at them from a certain perspective, they make sense. Yeah. And um, your my high school self thought that one of them would sabotage one another. Because yeah. there was a there was portion of the show where you don't know if Quinn is a traitor to the team or not. Mm-hmm. So like when they're at nationals, like is she gonna do something? Stupid, but it turns out it was racial. Her big plans. (laughs) Her hair. Wow. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, they were real life friends, Leah and Diana. I don't know what happened, like in the middle of the show, were they not Mm -hmm. as close anymore as they were when they started? Because they were roommates, Payata. Yeah, they were roommates. So, parang I guess that was also why they had so much chemistry together because they know each other and all that. I think I read about this somewhere. The reason why Quinn herself had a huge downfall because the way Quinn, Diana Aaron acted Quinn out was not how Ryan Murphy Wanted imagined her. how Quinn was going to be. That's why they hired like um, Becca Tobin as, what's her name again? Kitty. 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 She works, but not fully. Yeah. yeah. Kitty was that. supposed to, like, he, the I, anti-Quinn. I, yeah, I read it somewhere that the Quinn was supposed to be the generic mean girl, Aww. but the way Diana Agron portrayed the character was she what really it. Ad- yeah, yeah, yeah. she's so vulnerable. That's probably why they didn't know what to do with her yeah, for like it was, how it many planned. seasons. Yeah, she was there, and then when they decided to pick her up again, she was like, "Oh wow, she's suddenly this super mature character, telling Rachel to get her life together." I was like, "Wow." Okay. And now that kind of puts a dent in my Glee memories, because like, why would? Ryan. Anyways, like, why? <laughs> okay, you're gonna sabotage Quinn. Never mind. No, this is all conspiracy. This is all conspiracy. The Glee conspiracy episode. <laughs> so I guess that's it for our character discussion. We'll be back with more popcorn and more Glee discussion. So here's our next song, Marinba by Sponge Cola. retrospective previously we were talking about our favorite characters or not so favorite characters <laughs> and now we're just going to continue our discussion with our favorite episodes or talk more about the episodes so before uh, while we were on the break we were talking about the new new directions that was a thing in season six so in season four they had the um, a soft reboot, but again, Copycat. they were rehashed. like rehashed yeah. versions <laughs> of um, the old characters. Sorry, a bot version. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in um, season season six, they had a turn of tables. Now it was Rachel who was already coaching the Glee Club, New Directions, and Blaine coaching the Warblers, and they had a New Directions. Now. A more diverse and more, like, way better new direction. I wouldn't say more diverse. I would say, like, not a photocopy. A completely different, like, set of people with completely different problems. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I wish, I really wish we had more of them. Because with the short time that we had with them, that was um, Mason, Madison, Roderick, Jane, Jane, and Spencer, and Kitty, who came from the copycat squad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They were just really good. I loved the songs, especially Young, Carol King, and um, Alanis episode. That was the mashups were just amazing. We have another conspiracy theory about that. But um, actually, to build on (laughs) Cholo, yeah, I really like Jagged Little Tapestry. I also like when they did... um, 
songs like Promises, Promises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what the world needs now. It felt like Glee going back to its roots without really uh, too late though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too late like, in the game. Overtly saying that oh we're back because by then you'd have a million viewers. Yeah. Tops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Season and... six was like um I think the showrunners were holding their breath. The last straw. Yeah, and they were really like okay let's see if the if audiences really like these new kids maybe we'll get a new shot. And it was really like, no, they were really going to kill it. Which was sad because it was such an abrupt ending to these new kids. And then you have them juxtaposing it with the future of the old yeah. New Directions. Like, what happened to them. So it felt very um, disjointed. Like, they were really hoping for another season or another shot. But it didn't happen. So I disagree with that. I think the last season was more of them like, okay, let's just tie this up as neatly yeah. <laughs> as we can with a bow we know how bad it's going might as well just end it but that was kind of a weird season as well it had really really good moments yeah. reminiscent of season really one weird. but it had really absurd moments as well so, yeah. yeah it's like, like you were yeah uh, it's like you were mixing season two three four with like the best <laughs> everything one. yeah uh, and then when they did all out of love. All the songs um, Coach Sue liked. That was, I think, a highlight for me. Yeah, a really good really selection good. of songs. And so, then the yeah. characters were really likable too. I actually yeah. met Laura Dreyfus when I watched Dear Evan Hansen. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love Leon Glee. Yeah. <laughs> was like a random shout out. She was like, thank you. I mean, that's what all Broadway people say on the stage though. Unless you have a really... 100% I believe she didn't understand yeah. it. <laughs> or she's like, Glee, huh? <laughs> I mean, what? that's where she was. Was I Evan in that show? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that. she was one of the twins who had yeah. like a whole... They were also Cheerios, but they yeah. were inseparable. But then, see, Mason was falling in love with Jane, yeah, and all that. I so, wish we've seen more of that. Was it Roderick and Spencer who became friends? Yeah, that was a good dynamic. Because yeah, Jock really and parang mas chubby guy na. No, the, the reason the, the reason they became friends was because I really don't know their names. Because <laughs> mask for mask gay, <laughs> mask for mask gay was had a crush on the friend of. Roderick. 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 So he was like being friends with them so he can get so he can get with long haired dude. Alistair. Uh, Alistair. Yeah. yeah. I love them. I don't know their names anymore. <laughs> but he still watched, guys. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I think when they did sectionals music, um, it was take me to church. And chandelier. Chandelier. And then they finished it off. And they had that kid. Here. I forget his name. The really small Mini kid. Kurt. Oh yeah, the small kid with a wig, like running around in the audience. Yeah, that was. was okay. He was actually he part of New Direction. Yeah, yeah. I forget what his name was at this point. Somebody will probably Google it while we're talking about it. But I guess let's continue talking about episodes of Glee that we loved. I yeah. mean, Glee had a ton of tribute episodes and. A lot of those were dedicated to pop stars. I mean, the very first pop star tribute they had was Madonna called The Power of Madonna. That and was fun. That was a great season one episode. I mean, I wasn't super familiar with Madonna songs outside of the popular Like a Virgin and Material Girl. And seeing more of our discography through that episode was really nice. And it the storylines actually tied into the story with the songs. So... I don't have any beef with that, and that's really good. Yeah, I actually liked um, Sue's strand in that 
um entire episode where she um she had her rare moments of insecurity and then mm. she it was really nice seeing um kurt and mercedes be able to help her out in that aspect by having her star in her own um vogue sort of music video so i really enjoyed that about the show and then i really liked like a prayer at the end oh, that was yeah. so yeah. good yeah. but okay. again why would jonathan okay. groff or jesse st james just randomly go to new direction yeah <laughs> i mean she he was a spy yeah at the end of it but that was like okay you can just switch schools that easily yeah yeah that was amazing i love the um open your heart and borderline yeah. mashup uh, as yeah. well i feel like this is where glee was still at its strongest because yeah. for me yes. i don't really remember the storyline so thinking about everything I've, everything bad i've said about glee before i'm just like is this another episode where they were focusing on more of the music instead of the narrative or did they manage to actually fit the songs to the narrative but then again this is again where glee's strength really lied they were still underdogs then yeah so the show still had its full-on charm so no matter how good or bad the episode actually was the music it was so memorable to all of us yeah and the music itself kasi. and i like that part in the last i mean the whole storyline with the boys in that episode was yeah, like that was sweet. more of like it's more of a feminist episode like embracing madonna yeah. and you know what it feels like for a girl was their song and you know in a it time real. we really need for that like storylines like that in this world where toxic masculinity is such a thing because in the beginning they're like why why do why are we doing madonna why not panthera who who's panthera even <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um aside from that um madonna there's also britney lady gaga Katy perry the Bee Gees, whitney houston michael jackson billy joel cal king and alanis morissette the Beatles. That's so much, so much to unpack here. I honestly also love the Whitney tribute, yeah. and that came after Whitney's death. How yeah. did I know? Their cover. Did they know? know? Did they know she was? I mean, Conspiracy was the production theory. of this episode based on that? Killed Whitney <laughs> <laughs> to get the tribute episode. Because before Whitney died, they aired the episode where um, Mercedes sang "I Will Always I Love sang. You." Yeah. And the end card of that episode had R.I.P. So I, I don't know how, how the production went, but that Whitney tribute was amazing. How will I know the Glee version was amazing? You guys should listen to it. I'm, yeah, it's on screen right now for those tuning in. So I guess uh, it's underrated, but My Love is Your Love. It's their ending song with just um, Mercedes and R.T. singing. Yeah. That's nice. That was a nice chill out song. That's so nice. But yeah, did you guys like the Michael Jackson episode? Was that Control and ABC? No, no, no. no was that was like, sectionals yeah. before. Originals. Yeah. yeah. That was the sectionals where they didn't have Rachel Berry. So they were all like, yay, we can sing now. <laughs> pretty good then. Yeah. yeah. It sounded super good. Yeah. I liked, I liked Quinn and um, Control. Yeah. yeah. I'm just Quinn stuff. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Paris the Michael Jackson episode. The Michael Jackson episode. I love That's the never can know. say goodbye. But oh my god, I never yeah, can say goodbye. Yeah. Oh, that was and so that good. was where um, what's that song? Um, Yung Santana versus oh, Smooth Criminal. Smooth Criminal yeah. with Santana and you. with the two famous cello cellists. Yeah. What's his name? Is it Grant you, Gustin, yeah. Sebastian, Sebastian, playing Sebastian and Santana, yeah. and that was sick, amazing, another yeah. amazing cover. It was so good, but it felt a little absurd. Like I was like, 
okay, I, I, it's really good music, but why are they, why Fight. do they both have yeah. um, top hats? On? Yeah. Because you know, Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's the T. That's Glee. That's it. That's a tweet. Like, that's, that's Glee. That's it. For me, the Michael Jackson episode, I forget, I think it was Variety who wrote um a critique about it where they tried to out Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson. And Ooh. you can't really out Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson. Yeah. So ultimately, for whoever was critiquing it then, the episode sort of failed in that aspect. Yeah. Which, again, as a Quinn stan, I read about it because like, the only positive rating song he gave was Quinn's Never Can, can Say, say Goodbye. Because she was the only one who didn't try to out Michael Jackson. Yeah, Michael Jackson. she was just being Quinn. And it, yeah. was, it was fantastic. Which, that given was so her, good. Given <laughs> her, given her um, limitations as a singer as well, yeah. she really can't. Perfect song for her. Yeah. yeah. That was such a good number, like where all her boyfriends come out and everything. But it's <laughs> about her. Like, it's about her, about her past, about how she changed. And then at the end of it, she she announces she's going to Yale. Yeah. Like, oh, that's it's it's such a perfect for her moment. Yeah, it's it's such a moment. Like that's one of the standout moments for yeah. me. But never can say goodbye is like one of the most perfect examples of Glee songs outliving their stay on the show. Because mm-hmm. you can hate the show, but on a listening experience, yeah. Yeah. they just had really good yeah. music. Yeah. I mean, a lot of karaoke yeah. covers for sure, but they had a lot of good, good takes moments. on yeah from, yeah from Michael Jackson yeah. episodes. Smooth Criminal, Never Can Say Goodbye. Those were all relatively good ones. Yeah, yeah. and yun nga, we were talking about the Carol King and Alanis mashup episode. Yeah, jagged. So good. Favorite ko yung Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow and um. What's that other song? It's here on my list. Head over, I hindi pala head over. Will you love me tomorrow? And head over feet. Yes. That was just an amazing duet. I wish. Really good. I'm yeah, sure that one. The you've got a friend slash. You learn. You learn. You live. You learn. Actually, the whole EP. So for anyone who can answer our or my question, what happened to? Glee season six songs. Why aren't they online? <laughs> Where are they? Yeah, where they're are on they? my iTunes. <laughs> I mean, iTunes is dead na pala, Sorry. So more on the tributes. Um, aside from pop star tributes, they also had a lot of musical slash Broadway tributes. Yeah. I mean, Wicked was a big thing for Rachel yeah. and yeah. Kurt. That was an overarching um, thing. I New think. York especially, and they had a lot of songs from Defying Gravity was an iconic Glee moment for that sure. The diva off between Kurt was. and Rachel. Why was Mercedes in the last one <laughs> no it's an honest question why was she there <laughs> i don't know that's just a hundredth episode but you know parang seeing kurt and rachel aspire to be they were first right they were rivals at first and yeah. with defying gravity but eventually as the show progressed they were best friends they were in new york together and again <laughs> enrico and i the first time we we travel we're not para- best friends <laughs> <laughs> don't be a hater but like um we're good friends we we we, we really love glee and kurt and rachel and there was a time na nagkasabay in travel lamas in new york and i was like we, we were like oh we just we're just watching kurt and rachel be on glee and now we're here Parang yun, that was super nice that's so Ma- cute if, if you can bring out the photo and look at my eyes that's actually dead inside like <laughs> Uh. So yeah, speaking of musicals, we also had a musical per season. It started with Rocky Horror Glee yeah. Show, but that was the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And they also had West Side Story, and they also had Glee, which was Grease and Glee. Glee. I mean, yeah. 
those were also I mean those were kind of weird episodes yeah to be honest but I still the one thing I really love about Bleakase is that it really introduces you to things that you don't really know as a kid who oh, parang alam ko lang high school musical Hannah Montana yeah. Miley Cyrus parang getting to know all the classics that Glee introduced and all the obscure musicals all the weird pop culture things yeah. that was just amazing I think for me um, discovering Katie Lang's Constant Craving which was covered by uh, Kurt Santana and mm-hmm. um, Rachel's mom I forgot her name Idina Menzel Idina Menzel and to have that introduction that's really nice because Glee does that really yeah I also like I Follow Rivers by Likey Lee yes. by yeah. Tina yeah. in A Night of Regret season uh, 2 episode 16 episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah I mean that was really good yeah. um, what else can we talk about um we had the hundredth episode of Glee by season five. They sang "Don't Stop Believing" for Again. the nth time. That was probably the fifth time. Which was at that point, just like too much. <laughs> you overmelt the song. Like but that episode, cause <laughs> that episode really like just brought back all the memories again i mean they had the fan voting like what songs from our last five last hundred episodes would you like to see reimagined and of course don't stop believing was yeah. one of them we also had toxic. toxic by the unholy trinity that's so good iconic yeah. and we had forget you was that and the racer glass that was so oh, weird yeah, that and fans voted that. for that that's weird yeah i agree but that was nice also well, let's just it's a hundredth episode. It's basically one big fan service. Yeah. So it's like Endgame. I, I yeah. think a lot of I mean, great. bigger episodes so. sort of highlighted how kind of creepy Mr. Shu was. <laughs> like, I'm just hot yeah. take. But like, I, I, I especially remember watching the Rocky Horror episode and thinking, this, is, this guy's so creepy. Yeah. Like, um, he wants to be part of the musical where part of it is he has to seduce um a character who's played by his student <laughs> and it's just it's just really like oh wow so it took like, you rocky horror <laughs> picture show to realize he was I mean, weird I not mean, the <laughs> stalking fin in the bathroom moment i mean like ever since i was really like there's something weird about this guy yeah. but, but i think yeah. it's also i mean just to argue a bit yeah. i guess it's just he was also someone who was aspiring to be something in the beginning and yeah I guess Glee, the Glee Club, brought him back to his youth. I mean, of course, that was really creepy, nga talaga. Yes. But I guess that's his motivation. Na, you know, seeing these kids try to prosper amidst all the shenanigans that are against them. Yeah, and I like how he was always reflexive about it too. I mean, not about his creepiness, but about his motivations. Yeah. Like, I remember he wanted to do Rocky Horror because he wanted to be closer to Emma. And then eventually he admitted that to himself. And, and Emma was engaged at that point yeah. to yeah. Carl, Carl Howell, which yeah. is John played Stamos. by John Stamos. I would I would be engaged to John Stamos. But we can like. probably move on from Mr. Shoe rapping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That should that, discussed ever that's, again. That's not that shouldn't happen ever again. And the, he knew that. But I like the Rocky Horror because you got to see a lot here we go again, Quinn Stan, but you could (laughs) (laughs) You can hear a lot of her range, especially in Time Warp. Like oh I super love her voice there. It's like so good. 
Okay, yeah. you have to realize by the time Rocky Horror came out, it was basically the Rachel show again. Yeah. yeah. So the other singers couldn't really perform. So yeah. when that came out, I was like, yay, the other singers can actually have voices. Yay, finally. Even John Stamos is singing. Yeah. I'm so happy. Yeah. yeah. But aside from all these tribute episodes, what other um, songs did you personally like? Like, what are your favorite mashups, for example? I mean, this, this introduced me to the whole mashup thing and that was pure genius to a 13 year old kid and the ability to mash two songs up was just like wow this is so good and that was introduced in the episode vitamin d season one episode six and that was just they were high on like some sort of drug quote unquote vitamin d and that was so good that one of my favorite mashups I guess happy days are here again oh, and yeah. get happy by Kurt and Rachel in the duets episode. That's Rumor it. has it. Someone and someone like, like you yeah. was so legendary. By the trouble tones. Yeah. As a Quinstad. <laughs> <laughs> I can go for that slash you make my dreams yeah. come true. Oh That's gosh, underrated. Agree, That's good. That's so true. Underrated. I think the mashups, um, the Bon Jovi one, Living on a Prayer. Mm-hmm. And, oh, um, that was yeah, good. That was really good by the girls in, the, in that... Um, Boys vs. Girls episode. I really, I really love that. That was iconic too. I There's just so many things to discuss and we don't have as much Aww. time to talk about <laughs> everything. I guess we'll have to have a part two or just an offline discussion yeah. Yeah. to th- all these favorite Glee things. Yeah. Um, but I, I think another great number was um, Come See About Me by the Unholy Queen Trinity. Quinn <laughs> Come through, come through. <laughs> It's yes. a man's world by Quinn. Oh, yeah. Kind yeah. Of weird. <laughs> I love her, but it was kind of weird. It was kind of offensive, yeah. yeah. But, but I like the song. Yeah, look, and the her rendition. Yeah. And I loved um, So Far Away, Quinn and Tina. This is, okay, that wasn't this a really mashup. Isn't a Quinn. I, I love Quinn, but this isn't a Quinn show. Let's, give <laughs> she, let's not turn her into Rachel right now. Let's yeah. give some love to the other characters. <laughs> what else? There's so many songs, as we mentioned earlier on the show. They were like, 750 yeah. plus featured songs and yeah. we only have so much time to talk about yeah. it. I love how I got constant craving in. It's so good, you guys. So you have good. to check I it agree. out. I agree. That's so good. Um, I and like Creep. Creep was... I thought Creep was a good number. Like, the way they sang it, the way it was rendered. It was really good. I liked Hello. Yeah. By Which, the, the Hello, Hello by the Beatles yeah. and Hello by yeah. Jonathan Groff. I mean by oh. Lionel Richie. Yeah. That whole yeah. episode. Of that whole yeah. Hello, it's the episode Hello, Hello. Yeah. Gives you hell. That's just really good. That was a fun I like episode. Next to Me when Rachel sang with yeah. her mom. That was, a, that was a good, that was a good rendition. Yeah. And speaking of moms, um, Edina Manzel played Shelby Corcoran yeah. eventually known to be Rachel's mother because everyone was like oh she looks like I'm so sorry I called her Adela Dazeem so Glee had like so many guest stars on the show's six year run I mean more than six years but six season run to name a few they had Broadway stars Um, one of them of course the very first one was Kristen Chenoweth an icon on her own and you know, she appeared several times throughout all seasons. Yeah. Of course, there was Idina Menzel, Jay Groff, Patty Lopone appeared also, Carol Burnett, Cheyenne Jackson, and yun nga, starting off all the Hollywood stars 
that appeared on Glee. There was, of course, Gwyneth Paltrow, who played Holly Holiday. Fun the fact, substitute. Gwyneth actually married one of the producers yeah. from Glee. Was yeah. it Ian? Brad. Brad. Yeah, Brad. Ian's like them. the irrelevant one <laughs> <laughs> among the... Th- <laughs> Ryan Murphy and Brad went off to make American Horror yeah. Story and without Ian, like, Ian Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's you he's can keep there. Glee. <laughs> but yeah, um, Gwyneth Paltrow was a thing. She also appeared a couple of times. John Stamos. She won an Emmy for that. She yeah, did. She, yeah. Also Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. And Matt Bomer, Gloria Estefan, Ricky Martin. Helen Mirren was there as the voice of Becky. Jeff Goldblum, Kate Hudson, Sarah Jessica Parker, Whoopi Goldberg, Adam Lambert, Skylar Astin, Jessica Sanchez, Demi Lovato. There's so many people. I think that's not forget the iconic ones. AKA Cherise Pemko. Yen talaga. Like, wow, go Cherise. Does anyone remember when Anne Hathaway wanted to be in Glee so bad? She yeah. was actively campaigning to be Kurt's As lesbian. As Kurt's lesbian on. Yeah, that was so funny. That I wish so that funny. happened. I would have wanted to see I would have watched that. But yeah. let's go Anne back Hathaway's to Cherise. Rachel Berry in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Cherise was iconic as Sunshine, Sunshine Corazon. Corazon. They sang Telephone by Lady Gaga in the bathroom. <laughs> they sang one of my favorite original songs by Glee. Yeah. As long as you're there. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, that yeah, was so regional. And she made it, um, I, I mean, during that time, Charisse made it her own. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed that. Like that. Yeah. Charisse. So, so there's just like, so much to talk about. I mean, if we had more time. Yeah. But I guess this brings us to the last segment of our Aww. Glee discussion, sadly. Um, what was the impact of Glee and pop culture? I mean, yeah. arguably, it was part of the movement that made musicals cool again. I mean, High School Musical started it all back in 2005, but Glee was a step further into that, bringing it into the mainstream. But also on TV, like um, Nashville on ABC. Smash! Music, Smash, uh, Broadway. You have Galavant, which felt like a parody of Once Upon a Time. You have Empire on Fox, yeah. which kind of replaced Glee as like the big musical until yeah. then we go anywhere. And then now you have Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which feels like yes. the... At least the tail end or like a new beginning for musicals. Yeah. And more like for musicals. Mas adult pa yeah. sa pagka-adult ng yeah. Glee. I feel like Glee didn't really um, tackle mental health so yeah. much. I mean, they had some anti-suicide episodes yeah. for okay. Karofsky, right? Yeah. yeah. I think and it was time and place. But at that point, mental health issues weren't really the mm-hmm. biggest, like, yeah. Thing we were worried about, yeah. Their society was worried yeah. about then, so. Well, and now we have bigger yeah. fish to fry. <laughs> they started the conversation, but they can't go forward. Yeah, but I'm yeah, right. I feel like which Glee, would Glee a lot. <laughs> yeah, which one? Starting conversations, they can never really finish. That's true. <laughs> but I feel like it's it was really good for inclusivity yeah. on TV, given that they had so much representation, like for everything. They had. African Americans, Asians, yeah. gays, lesbians. They had some biphobia for Britney for me. Like oh. they they didn't really know where to put Britney. Was she lesbian just because she's with Santana Party or Santana. Yeah, but yeah. what is she? Did they didn't so really Sam like bit. Bit. Yeah. And yeah. they had transgenders, they had transvestites, yeah. they had all these weird kind of people 
na parang okay we're just bringing this to TV yeah. and at that time TV didn't have that yeah. they're mashing it in but they can't fully embrace it yeah. embrace at that point the inclusivity yes. thing I think that's part of the reason what that's one of the reasons what ruined the shows yeah. the fans just wanted oh Fantastic. I'm this why am I not represented in Glee yeah. it's a show kid come on <laughs> also I think the fans got too yeah. invested they got too invested I'm just like it's a show <laughs> yeah. I think that's where that whole idea that no one hates Glee more than Glee fans. Yeah. I mean, I, f- yeah. I feel like that's a lot of for all shows. a lot of shows. Like Game of, of Thrones, Thrones, we were talking about yeah. that. Like a lot of people hated that finale, yeah. but you know, um, I think it ended on a pretty good note. Na, I mean, of course, it's not really like the re- parang hindi siya pinaka reality talaga na mangyayari na oh McKinley High became a uh, performing arts high school with multiple glee clubs with uh, with a auditorium that was named after Finn R.I.P. Cory Monteith yes. um, that was another big yeah. thing big to happen moment. in the middle of the show yeah I feel it's one of the bigger impacts of glee is how to deal and handle with death because at that point I think yeah. you mentioned it a while ago that when you watch TV shows, you feel like they're part of your family. Yeah. So at that point, as Cory Monteith being as a certain representative for a certain group of people who really looked up to him, for him to pass away in the middle of a sh- series, and the way Lee handled it was better, I think, than any other show or yeah. any other pop culture to handle the death of an actor. Yeah. yeah. And they really did it with respect to both Finn as a character, Cory Monteith as an actor, and how the like cast felt about him. Except for Quinn. She wasn't invited, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe she just wasn't like available at that time. Maybe. But I agree. I mean at that point in Finn's storyline then kasi I wasn't really liking where they were headed and I was like Finn is such like I just don't want him on the show anymore but when that death happened at first I thought people That's were just different. like they were yeah. just like joking around that one of the stars of my favorite show at the time was dead and I was like how are they gonna deal with this and they dealt with it pretty good yeah. in a pretty good fashion that's how you do a good fan service yeah. <laughs> I think quarterback was um, such a well shot well-edited, um, well-written episode. I know that um, checking the ratings, because they were already on a decline by then, mm. but then everyone, a lot of people tuned in again for quarterback for the tribute episode. Um, and while there were some stylistic choices that I didn't agree with, like, why did Santana get the jacket? That was kind of weird to me. Why was Mercedes singing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, but um, there were some choices I didn't agree with, but the way they did it was so respectful, because a lot of the time when you know, actors pass away in the middle of a, um, in the middle of a series or in the movie, they write them off. Hashtag Luke yeah. Perry and R- Riverdale. Ooh. I haven't seen that episode yet. I stopped watching Riverdale. Yeah, I stopped so. Riverdale, so I don't so know. As someone who stopped watching Glee in season three, I also did start watching. Well, I watched that episode. Yeah, like, like first a spot. lot of people who stopped watching yeah. would tune into yeah. Quarterback because it felt like a a very contained episode. Like you didn't have to see the ones before that. The be able to understand it and even the cast themselves i think they were when they were talking about shooting it they only did it like in one shot because they couldn't handle doing it again and again so i thought it was a very respectful way to say goodbye to him where they don't even talk about what happened to yeah. finn like they don't have to specify they were they, they were just like he's gone and 
um they were very respectful and I yeah actually it. there was a point in that episode when mercedes broke down yeah and it felt like they broke the fourth wall they broke the fourth wall it became real and i get that the mercedes finn dynamic doesn't really weird. Yeah, maybe it was for quinn talaga and she sense, wasn't there i don't yeah. know it's nice because before they've had inter- interactions and i actually wanted that but you know can't have everything yeah and yeah, Leah Michelle's "Make You Feel My Love" was just heartbreaking Ooh, to hear. That hurt. you can really feel that it's not Rachel singing anymore because at the time they were engaged, right? Yeah. And Corey Monteith just passed, and that was just a really good episode. And yeah, yeah. you see that in her Instagram post where, like, at the end of Glee, she says, "Oh, just one more thing," and then she's holding the jersey. And she's bringing it home. Now she's like, oh my gosh, I cried for like 20 minutes. <laughs> but looping it back to the end of the show, um, yun nga, broad- Rachel became a Tony Award winning Broadway star married to Jonathan Groff's Jesse St. James and Kurt and <laughs> Kurt and Blaine had her as a surrogate mother, yeah. which is like the weirdest thing <laughs> ever. I mean, they said it was full circle because she was from a surrogate mother as well, and Clayne is her closest or one of her closest friends. So, I guess that was just a weird. I mean, they had a finale number. I lived by One Republic, and everyone was there except Melissa Benoit, yeah. Benoist, oh, yeah. who was Benoit, Melissa Benoist, who was um, shooting Supergirl for the first time, and you know, Glee just really brought. A lot of people launching them into big TV stars, such as Darren Chris, Melissa Benoist as Supergirl, Grant Gustin as The Flash, even Alex Newell, who played Unique, became a Broadway star. Yeah. He starred in um, he starred in Once on This Island revival yeah. with Leia Salonga, and you know the impact talaga of their time on the show, I guess, really brought about those people as well. And Siguro last um, bit about Glee. What if Glee were still a thing? <laughs> this is a fun short segment that we have. For me, I think they'd have a Hamilton episode for sure. For and sure. even try to get Lin-Manuel Miranda to sh- appear. And probably like some sort of RuPaul appearance because RuPaul is such a thing. I think one thing they'd probably do and it will enrage me is <laughs> Lemonade was such a big thing in yeah. 2016 that if they did that, um, just so they'd set up a breakup or they'd set up an argument just beginning and to have that to have that and then they'd have all night and then probably formation somewhere in the middle that would be so enraging <laughs> so like I'm glad they're not so how did you feel about the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt lemonade uh, <laughs> sequence <laughs> fitting for Titus because I feel like he is a fan of Beyonce and that's true yeah. I mean Mercedes could have done that she already had that one yeah. I passed the window yeah. <laughs> that was such a good number too so so memorable like it was ridiculous for but Mercedes. I loved it yeah for sure they'd have some Dear Evan Hansen yeah. in there too oh, wow. yeah. I mean also, bagay na bagay yung theme be more chill yeah Angela was saying something. Um, I think there's this really funny Twitter account. I think I forgot what it's called, but it's like Modern Glee, um, where it just represents um, modern situations and what they would do about it. So like, there's there was this one tweet that I really can never forget. It was so funny um, that they were gonna do a rap number, and Britney comes in in blackface, 
And Mercedes has to explain to her why that's yeah, not they right. They would do that. Absolutely. Yeah, right, exactly. That, yeah. And then so it just has all these modern situations of what they do, like um, the boys do something to hurt the girls again. And so the girls sing about respecting women, something like that. Mm. So if you if you have the time, you can follow it. I look for it. Again. I think I followed that account. Yeah, it's so It's just funny. super, it's very me to follow that <laughs> Glee account. <laughs> it's so funny. It's just modern Glee moments or what they do. Like, I can't imagine them still being in high school 10 years yeah. later, but I mean, that's what it would be like, so. I feel like fun. they would have done some Taylor versus Katie yes. Bad Blood episodes. Yeah. Well, well. Down Road. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely do that. They Dalagang Pilipina joke. <laughs> Bodak Yellow. Oh my they gosh, would they, would, they would. Sobrang dami. For me, I think Glee, Glee did its run and it ended the right time i don't uh-huh. think there would be a glee at this moment yeah like it wouldn't it survive it wouldn't survive yeah. there's so much it, inclusivity now on tv yeah that they like, started for sure nuance like, yeah inclusivity you're yeah. Right. yeah glee started a lot of inclusivity but they also weren't the most sensitive to yeah. a lot of people so yeah. the moment you put glee in, in this situation right now where they're promoting there. inclusivity it's either you promote everyone which you will not have the budget which for. they tried yeah. to do which they tried to do and you will come they're the living proof you can't represent everyone and right now the bullet the, with the climate of how tv shows oh. are going it's always like <laughs> where is where am i i'm too woke the show's not woke enough and i'm just like Ugh. or just like them imagining like a trump Clinton episode. Oh, oh my god. Oh god. Like a politics episode. Too much. Mm-hmm. Too much. Too much. They wouldn't. They can't see. We can't put. You can't put Glee here. I know. It's not never gonna survive. Why Heather's didn't work out like yeah. the TV show. Yeah. And, and uh, just... I mean, they even had um a, f- parang a Filipino version of Glee at some point with Sarah Hieronimo yeah. called Idol. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that tried to be Glee. It's I thought and... you were talking about the Kitchen Show, the one with no the Kitchen oh, Musical with Kirill and oh, no. Oh, yeah. And, and Christian, oh, Christian. Christian was there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Christian, if you're listening. To <laughs> so, I mean, Kitchen Musical was af- before Glee, pa, actually. But Idol just tried to be a Philippine version of Glee. Kareel's version of Unwell was good. That's it. Like, that's my, that's my contribution. <laughs> okay, so that brings us to at the end of our Glee Aww. discussion. Yeah. That was a super fun discussion as well. So thank you to the creators of Glee for... Giving us our yes, high school life and post high school life for yeah. some of us. It was a good run. It had some bad moments and crazy absurd moments. But at the end of the day, I still enjoy listening to the Glee covers, watching it from time to time on Netflix and all that. Their nationals yeah. is classic. Like yeah. Their nationals performance. You're in Paradise by the Dashboard Light. The whole thing, oh my like, gosh. From start to finish. Oh, so good. And Cory Monty's vocals there. So yeah. on board. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Probably his best. So good. And they're parang winning. Ano. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're gonna go on our last break. We have a song from Julianne San Jose called Regrets. And we are back for our last segment of Popcorn, which is the Pop Stop, and that is our Picks of the Week. So, what are your Picks of the Week? What have you seen in the last week or the last month that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? For me, 
I was just re-listening re to the BTS EP Persona Map of the Soul. I just realized that it's such a good album. I I've been really um, discovering K-pop lately, and it's just a strong album. I mean, a lot of good bops right there, including Boy with Love, which is their arguably. I mean, that's the most popular song out of the bunch. So go listen to BTS Map of Persona Map of the Soul. Um, for me, I guess kind of late to the game, but I stopped playing for a while because I was frustrated. Um, with Kingdom Hearts 3, I'm back to playing it, trying to finish it, trying to get past Arendelle, um, the Frozen world because I didn't like Frozen. Um, and I can't believe they just re-rendered the entirety of Let It Go um, just so that they could put the main characters in the background, which is ridiculous <laughs> to me. But whatever, um, Kingdom Hearts 3 is super enjoying it again. Um, and nothing new for me except for The Last Kingdom on Netflix, which felt very Game of Thrones, but more, um, I guess, historical drama, which I really enjoy. Um, and true crime, more true crime for me. Yes, um, true crime. My favorite murder would super um, recommend that podcast. It's really fun if you really enjoy true crime. I also, yes, I agree. Yeah. And then for film, um, Rudderless, great, fantastic film. And I've also been rewatching Moulin Rouge a lot. Baz Luhrmann is, he speaks to my soul. I wish he could orchestrate my entire life. Mm -hmm. And there's a Broadway musical coming out later yes. this year for Moulin Rouge, starring yes. Aaron Tveit. Yeah. So that's exciting. Exactly. I agree with the true crime, though. I love true crime. Not yes. the crime, but how they talk about it in My Favorite yeah. Murder. Exactly. And yeah. Enrico? For me, it's Mark Ronson and Camila Cabello's new song. It came out the same day as Katy Perry's Never Really Together. It follows the same theme, but it's kind of sadder for me. And the production is really well, really done really well. And then there's also Kesha's song, which was just released. I'm not a big fan of it. Kind of too woke for me. And it sort of sounds like the background music for Plants vs. Zombies. But it's cute. <laughs> it's cute. Okay, uh, I have, um, first off, I have Beyonce's Homecoming, which has been on Netflix for like at least two months, but um, it's still been a constant um, soundtrack to my everyday like routine. I think I've watched Homecoming more times than Endgame and Us, which are like two of my... How many times did you watch Endgame? Three times. Oh my gosh. So I'm planning on watching Homecoming maybe five or six more. Wow. Like Us, like I've only seen it twice, uh, but they're my top three. And I just admire Beyonce's talents and technical prowess and the her effort in making everything so grandstanding. And yet... Everything has to have meaning for her. Nothing without intention. Uh, that's also from uh, Solange's new album, uh, which I can also recommend. Uh, I also recommend Lizzo's Cause I Love You. Um, it has Juice, which is probably one of the best songs of the year. I love but, that song. Yeah, it's really good. But it, uh, Cause I Love You showcases her talent. She's very flexible in the way she raps. And I think my last recommendation is The Lonely Islands, The Unauthorized Bash Brothers Experience. It's also a visual poem, as they said in their Netflix special. Uh, it's like a parody of Lemonade, <laughs> also by um, Beyonce. But it's uh, about, um, I'm very wary of who they actually presented again. I forgot. But it's interesting because they, uh, they have Sia, they have Sterling K. Brown, they have Maya Rudolph and the Heim sisters. Wow. So just the star power, like just watch their special for the star power. 
So yeah, that's yeah. all on Netflix. All on Netflix. Hello Netflix, please sponsor us. <laughs> so that is our pop stop for the week. Of course, we're gonna have more of that next week. So thank you guys. Thank you Enrico, Ian, and Angela for joining thank me for you. this Glee episode, and to everyone who tuned in to this episode. Thank you so much. Please don't forget to follow my instagram account for popcorn that's at popcorn podcast on ig and we're also on all the streaming platforms for podcasts and we're also on my youtube channel cholo sadyarian on youtube and of course to those listening to apple podcasts please don't forget to rate so we can go up the charts and all that (laughs) (laughs) so thanks again to everyone for tuning in we hope we see you next time here on popcorn your stop for all things pop thank you Rajo katipunan as always bye bye, bye.